The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclip. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Roll off 
also known as my rope flame. Coming with laughs and coming with jams. On Love Lounge, baby, you better catch it when you can. Dropping knowledge from fatherhood to politics. Shouting out comics, just paying homage. What's up, Tiff? Yeah, you know she ready. Shy Town Zone speaking to the grown and sexy. We gon' laugh, cut them and kick it. And at the end, we leave it with just to lift your spirits. Make you wanna revisit. Tell your friends, take a listen. Young folks say it's lit. Old folks say we dig it. Can't no bitch do what you do. Welcome to Laugh and Learn here with my with my gorgeous self, Flame Monroe, along with my beautiful co-host. She look okay today. She ain't no Flame Monroe, but she look okay. What's your name, young lady? You got jokes today? We starting early. That's what we're doing? Okay, that's fine. We're showing out for company. You know I don't know how to act when we get Right. <laughs> and who is our lovely our lovely guest today, Mrs. Hogan? Um, well, we have the lovely Teslin with us. I just have to say, first and foremost, it's an honor to have you on our show um, and officially welcome you to the Black Effect Networking family. But um, I'm excited. I feel like we got Olivia Pope in the building, so it's going to be an interesting episode for sure. So yeah. thank you. I call myself Olivia Dope. That's the hood version. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do it. and ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my very special guest, Miss Teslin Figaro. We're going to have a great conversation. She is straight with no chaser. Lauren is straight with no chaser. I'm going to be the girl today. I'm going to let them be aggressive. I'm going to be the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, first of all, for having me. Uh, It is so good. uh, For those that don't know, Straight Shot No Chaser is also a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons, uh, and I'm sure like you, Flame, wanted to was so excited about the black effect podcast network was the ability to network with other content curators. And, uh, it started in COVID and you were one of the first ones that came on with me. And because of COVID, we haven't had an opportunity to meet face to face, um, and really just engage. And so it's taken all of this time, you know, for us to connect and I look forward to meeting you in person. So this is, this is great. A great thing that black effect is doing by bringing these, uh, diverse, uh, voices to the table. Yeah. And if we, if anything we need right now more than anything else, Tesla, is unity. Good God, because we are divided, separated. We were just at a political rally last week, a week before last, and I will I am said it. This is the, this is one time in history that he knows of that we have been. This country is more divided than ever before, and we, it, it was very true. The words were so impactful. So let's dive into it, girl. What we got to do? We got five days away from the next election. You know, I, my, you know, we, our brother, our common, our brother, our shared brother, Charlemagne, uh, the guy, we talk about politics daily, you know, so it changes on a daily, daily, daily basis. And for many of us, just for clarity, I'm an independent. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. Um, I left the Democrat Party in 2010, although I do lean left uh, on a lot of my policies, but I also do not ignore a lot of the conservative values that I was raised upon, you know, with my grandmother and my uh, both grandparents on both sides that came through the depression and, and really raised, you know, raised me with a lot of, you know, conservative values where a lot of people, especially black voters, uh, do agree with, but not necessarily align with the Republican Party or where conservatism has become. So I try to always keep a very fair and objective uh, analysis when I'm talking about the election. 
And so early on, with that said, early on, so there's a couple of things that we look at. One, what historical data that, that we have in front of us that we actually can look at to be able to tell us <clears throat> what we've seen in the past. At the same time, uh, we don't always look at uh, what the weather was last year on this day to tell me what it's going to be, you know, that the reality of what the weather is. I say yeah. that because you always want to know what is the current political environment. And so in my trainings, one of the first things that I talk about in my push the line training is knowing the environment that you're in. <clears throat> we can even see through climate change that right now in L.A., the temperature was very different this year than what it was last year. So you always take that into account, but you still want to look at the post at the data that we've had throughout the years. And so data tells us that usually whoever is in control usually loses in the midterms. Uh, that's just a fact. They usually lose the House, the House and the Senate because most uh, Americans are impatient. That is the American way. And so when things don't happen fast enough, people want to switch and they want to try something else. Just like in our relationships, we want to switch. Let me go see if the grass is green on the other side. Let me go see what she working with. Let me go see what he working with. That's just the, the impatient mindset of the American. So with that said, I was expecting to see Democrats lose quite a bit um, across the country, just based on data and also based on the ineffectiveness of the Democrat Party and not only their messaging, but their ability to actually push the policy uh, that we need. And I'm not talking about just last year and two years ago. I'm talking about what we have been fighting at least aggressively since 2006, <clears throat> particularly in the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. where I did most of my politics. So when all of those things are combined and you look at what I call voter depression, which is very different than voter suppression, when you mix voter depression along with voter suppression that you see, and those two things that are combined, in addition to the uh, party in control, usually losing in midterms, I was expecting a doomsday in uh, on next Tuesday. However, because of Roe versus Wade, because of all of the recent things that we have seen outside of just uh, the abortion issue, because it's not everybody's issue, by the way. But outside of that, what we have seen, not just polls, but what we have seen is we have seen double the amount of folks coming to the polls in in-person voting, not just early voting, but in-person voting. If we use Georgia for an example and usually flames, <clears throat> those uh, early votes usually lean left. So what we're seeing now is possibly a motivated and engaged base in Georgia, which is the most important state. I know we like talking about states everywhere, but using the control of power, it's really going to come down to Georgia. And so if Georgia continues on, on what we see as of yesterday, then Democrats might have a chance to retain power, very slight chance, but the chance is still there. But what I know about Republicans is they show up on election day in droves and can easily switch this, uh, this, the results. I, I hear you, Tess, and I agree with so much that you have said, and especially with the voting thing, because I'm not voting my future. The future looks too bleak. I need to vote my present. I need to, just like you said, like as a comedian, you have to read the room. I need to see what's happening around in my world right now. What's happening in my world right now scares the hell out of me. But I want to ask you a question as an independent, because independents normally don't win. Do you think that that is splitting the vote? I mean, even though, like you said, you left the Democratic Party to become independent, I, I know some great Republicans. I thought Ron Paul, not that son, Rand Paul, but I thought Ron Paul was a great Republican when he was running for office back in the day, the dad, because he cared about people. That is what I want people to do. I need to see people who care about American people. I don't care your color, size, stature, whatever. 
But uh, I think that people are not, they they looking like we need to vote for the future. What's going to happen in the future? The future is very, very scary. But the times that we live in is more scary because we see this. We can't see the future. So when you see it about the analytics from a year ago into what it is now, it's scary to me because I got teenagers that drive. You know, I know I, I was so excited about my kids getting to an age to where they could drive. And now I'm petrified that they might be stopped by an irate, young, ridiculous over-the-top, angry, racist cop. And just because they're black and they stand up for themselves, I train them to do that, that, you know, I might I might lose my kid. People are not voting and coming out in droves to me because I think the independent party splits the vote. Yeah. I do. I think because you guys know you're not going to win. Let, let me just be honest. But I understand where you stand. I, I want to stand with something, too. I would love to have voted for Bernie Sanders. But if I and I thought Bernie Sanders was going to get the nomination, by the way. Um, but if I don't think we're going to win and we only have two other options, if you vote independent and you know that we only have Democrat and Republicans that's in the forefront, don't you think that does more harm to the party than good? Well, really, and and that's a great position that you put out there. Me saying that I'm an independent does not mean that I am voting. I don't I don't subscribe to voting straight party ticket on anything. Okay. Okay. My, That's what my I'm thing, yeah, my thing is about because again I grew up in the gang banging era. So if I, I didn't I didn't have to I lived in a blood ne- neighborhood but girl, I let me find out you a lady thug. Let me find yeah, out girl, <laughs> please, you better go ask LA about me and Crenshaw Mafia whoop. Anyway the point is did you put that little whoop out there? I heard it. I heard it. Put an ass rule at me. But anyway, my point is I lived, and I use that as a very real example, even when I'm talking to the homies. I lived in a Pyro neighborhood, but all my cousins and my boyfriends was Crips. They was my best friend at 10 years old. So when we talk about age, we're talking about going back 30 years. So for me, that reality has always been a real thing to me. I have a 15-year-old now. I'm just as nervous about her driving. I'm, I actually was more concerned about when I was driving and when she was driving because I grew up in the height of the gangbang era. So I wasn't just dealing with police as an issue. I was dealing with drive-bys as an issue. I was dealing with inner city violence as an issue. My neighborhood was the first neighborhood that had a drive-by in my neighborhood. So a lot of these things to me are not new, but social media makes them more relevant and makes them more uh, prominent. So with that said, connecting the, the gangbang conversation to it, I, I can live in a blood na- neighborhood and still be a crip. My best friend, and I told this story on the Breakfast Club, she was a great street crip. Her, br- her brother was a rolling 60. They were the only two crips that lived in my neighborhood. We all got along. We all had good relationship because what people don't understand is bloods and crips work together behind the scenes, just like Democrats and Republicans, red and blue, work behind the scenes. So my affiliation or what they call being a sympathizer doesn't mean that I'm necessarily always going to ride with one or the other. I've always, with campaigns, I've always consulted Democrat candidates. I've always voted left because that were those were the candidates that were coming to my neighborhood, that were coming and, and pitching themselves, giving me access to them. So I voted left. I don't think, and, and what I do, uh, particularly with black voters, is we have to look at policy because the thing about it is if we're just saying, let's do the relate, because I know you do the, the night, night, late, late, late relationship talk. So I'm going to mix that in there too. If you know that every time you're going to, you can come by my house at two o'clock in the morning and it don't matter. I can say all the shit. Can I cuss here? Do we, do, is it like, oh, okay, okay, good. Get into it yet. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into it. So this this is how I look at politics. If you know that every Friday night you can come by my house and get something, leave me in the wet spot, you know, flame it. It don't matter what I say, girl. I'm not letting him come by, girl. Please. He already know what it is. He did it. 
this man is only going to look at the action. And if he knows that I'm going to answer that door and give him some every single time and leave me in the wet spot, it don't matter who I call after that girl. Next time, I'm not going to be this girl. He know I don't play that. People respond by action. So the problem I've had with the Democrat Party, or at least how we look at politics, we have to be able to look at it from a lens to say, what have you done for me lately? And although I'm still riding with you, like big mama that'll still go bail your ass out of jail, but she's going to cuss you out all the way home. I told your ass what you wasn't supposed to do. I'm still going to ride with you, but there's some consequences behind your actions. So when I say independent, it is really just with the ideology of understanding you just can't count on me to give you some. I still rock with you and I rock with black people because 90% of black people vote for the Democrat party, but I do not align myself with one party or the other because I need you to court me. I need you to date me. I need you to engage with me. Let me give you a real example. The GOP uh, put over four, close to 40 brick and mortar uh, diversity centers uh, in rural areas and in the inner city in Georgia. Almost 40 brick and mortar. Over 20 of those uh, centers. This had nothing to do with trying to get people to vote for a particular candidate, Herschel Walker, whoever. It was simply just trying to explain to people conservative values. They were recruiting people to understand conservative values. Over 20 of those centers, centers were dedicated specifically to Latinos, to reach Latinos. They know that if they just, because what people don't understand is, although Latinos, which to me is the most strategic voters of all, because in California, Latinos vote left. In Florida, Latinos vote right. So they are uh, recruited and engaged and courted and brought all the gifts and, 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 and frankincense and all of the, the jewels and the promises because they know they have a possibility of losing that vote. Joe Biden himself told our own leaders, Al Sharpton, NAACP, all of them at the beginning of the year, if you go get li listen to the leaked tapes from the meeting with the NAACP, he told us, y'all better go line up with the Latinos because they are the ones that have the power. He said that to us after just telling us black Black people, I owe you. He's the only president that said out his mouth, black people, I owe you. Barack Obama didn't even say that. So when somebody is that comfortable and then they put over 20 centers in the Latino community, they know they don't have to win all Latinos. They just need one or two percent to flip the whole state. When we ask Democrats, why are you not making that same investment to have the community centers? Guess what they're doing with those centers? They're having family night, food night. They're doing citizenship training. They're doing all the things to galvanize that community. We ask Democrats, why didn't you do the same thing? Where are we doing radio and television? That's not enough. Why are you not engaging me, taking me out, calling me sometime, reaching out to me? It was a guy, he said, oh, you're going to be in town. I want to holler at you. I didn't hear from him in three weeks until I got in town. When I got in town, he said, oh, I thought you said you was going to holler. No, nigga, I ain't heard from you the last three weeks. You got to at least pretend like, you know what I'm saying? Check in. Hey, you good? Everything straight? So what I'm, what I'm always trying to advocate the Democrat Party to do is to recognize that, yeah, we ride with you. Yes, we're going to come bail you out of jail, but I need you to put something on my books. And the disrespect of that, of not even feeling like they have to earn our vote, is why we have continued to be taken advantage of in the party. But it don't mean I don't rock with, with Democrats, because I do. I, I've gotten candidates elected. I, I just did a training in Atlanta called Push the Line nonpartisan free training. Over 300 people came from all over the country to learn how to be a candidate, an operative, or organizer. So not only do I 
vote for Democrats. I teach people how to go run for office if they think that their candidates are unacceptable. So there's a fine line between being an independent party. No, it's not an independent on the ticket. And just as, and I'll be quiet when I say this, I work for Bernie Sanders and I am the only one that literally had a legal lawsuit against the Bernie Sanders movement for anti-black racism. So I don't give a damn who you are, including if you sign my check. If you are not for black people, I call you out. So that go for Bernard, by uh Biden, Obama, Trump, whoever it is, we have to have voices that say, make sure that you're talking about black people and you're making the investment in black people that we deserve because you can depend on our vote. Tesla, let me jump in here then. So what is the difference that you see being in, in the independent party? Being that you, you know, stepped away from the Democratic Party for all the reasons that you just said, which are all very valid. But have you seen that you've been able to give more momentum to folks being that you're independent? What's not, the difference? It's not a party. And that's what I'm saying. If you guys are referring to it as an independent party, it's not a party. It's an ideology. So I try to tell people there's a difference between a party and an ideology. So the perfect example is conservative is an ideology. It's how you see life. It's the lens you see it through. Your party, who you align with, is a Republican. Liberal is an ideology. It's how you see life. It's the lens you see it through. But a party is Democrat. There is no independent party. There's not structure for independent. There's not a platform for independent. But in order to be a Democrat, let me just do the gangbanging analogy. In order for me to say, okay, I'm going to be a rolling 60. I got to have beef with Hoover. That's a part of the party. That's a part of here are the rules. This is what you need to do. If you're going to be Piru, you need to have this. If you're going to be a crip, if you're going to be neighborhood, you need to have this. But I can have the ideology, meaning the BA, what they call a sympathizer or lean the crips. I can go to the functions. I can be around. I can wear blue. I can lean towards, you know, I like crips better for this reason, but it doesn't mean I align with a party. So the biggest thing to understand is there is no independent party. People can run as an independent, but there's not a party. It is a two-party system. Like Flame said, one is going to win over the other. Independents vote. They lean one way or the other. It's not like you're going in and checking for independent. You are picking between a Democrat and Republican if you're voting in a Democrat or Republican primary or general election. But there are positions under that, which are the most important positions like mayor, like city council, um, like judicial branches, which is the most critical thing that have nothing to do with partisanship. So if we only make it about Democrat or Republicans, then pretty much what you're saying is telling people to only pay attention to governor and, and, and U.S. Senate and U.S. Congress. When the real problems that get addressed are at the city level, if you look at what California is doing, since that's where you are playing, when you look at the reparations task force, that's on the city level. That has nothing to do with partisanship. That H.R. 40 bill for reparations on the federal, they haven't even put that on the table. It's actually getting done in California on the local level. So when you look at that, when you remove partisanship and you're looking for like what Flame said, what affects me right now? If you want to talk about police getting pulled over, that's your city council. That's your chief of police. The sheriff is elected. Most cities, some of them are different. Some run on Democrat and Republican. But for the most part, a lot of places, they're not running on partisanship at all. So the independent conversation really just wants you to shift your mind, or at least what I try to do to shift your mind on what affects you in front of you. Flame talked about police. That's was the school board. That's in front of you. Most school board positions don't run on party affiliation. Now you may know what that person is, you know, cause you can look at 
their policies and see who they are. But a lot of the school board positions have nothing to do with party. So if we're going to vote on what's most impactful, that means it has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican, but what best serves you and your community. Two things, Tessa. First of all, in California, we have the greatest governor of all the governors of all the union. We have we have our great governor. We love our governor here. What's his name, Lauren? Look, what's his Gavin name? Newsom. Gavin Newsom. <laughs> and you know, he's, no. he's Nancy Pelosi's nephew. So, yeah. you know, that's always, you know, more Gavin, points with play. Gavin Newsom seems to be the, one of the most fair people I've, I've ever experienced. I've never met him personally, but what he has done for the state of California, I think is highly commendable. Secondly, when you were talking about voting locally, we have a flamette, a girl, Allison Lewis, who's down in Lakeland, Florida. She ran for city council. That's all she ever pushed on our platform was start locally. You got to start low to put the people in and see who they are, understand them because they're going to grow. Now, people do change throughout time. It's hard for me to believe that Clarence Thomas was never the same Clarence Thomas that he is now. But... um she always pushes that, how important it is to start locally, to vote locally, to have these people step up to the level that you want them to be. So I, I know the importance of that. I just wanted to make sure that because, you know, when you say independent, I always wanted to do people vote independent all the way down the ticket. But then you you, you made me very well aware of that. So thank you for explaining that to me. I want to ask you, Tesla, what do you think? Because you remember when we had the election for Biden a couple of years ago, so many rappers and big names came out, black folks, and said, oh, hold your vote until we figure out what the black agenda is. What do you think the black agenda is? Before you answer, let me tell you what I think the black agenda is. I think the black agenda is personal. It is what is the black agenda to you? Do you, do you want your children to be Ivy League kids and get jobs in the CEO corporation? Do you want your kids to work at a factory? Or do you want, what What do you want? I always have thought that that was personal, why they try to say, because I never thought one person could speak for an entire community. I could never speak for the black community totally. I could never speak for the gay community totally. I couldn't speak for all fathers. I just voiced my opinion. Sometimes people agree with it. Sometimes they don't. But what do you think the black agenda is, Tesla? And I'm dying to hear this. Yeah, I love I love the way you position it. And I'll, I'll use you as an example. <clears throat> you do a very good job of bringing balance to conversations. So although you do not speak for the entire LGBT community, you have been very clear that there are people like you that do exist within that community, which means you have the ability to also critique and love and also challenge. And so when you're seeing people who are saying, you, you've been very vocal about how you feel that a lot of the LGBT policies have been forced on folks. So, and people get mad at you. I follow your work, so I'm very familiar with you. Thank when people you. Get, yeah, when people get mad at you and say, well, you can't speak for us and you don't listen to that, you've always been very clear to say, I'm not trying to speak for you. I'm showing you another opinion, another view, another lens through your glasses, literally a lens. And what I love about, because um, I go, I come into your IG at night and you, and just giving, I love analogies. So when you want people to, when you want, when people want to get their attention, what do they do? They type in caps. You tell people, I need you to type in caps so I can see you. It's not that other people are not typing away because I've been in there typing my ass off, not knowing that I needed to type in caps. Somebody <laughs> had to tell me you need to type in caps if you wanted to see you. Why am I saying that analogy? When you're hearing people say this is the black agenda, it's not that they're not rec recognizing that there are other people in the comments making decisions. They're just saying I'm typing in caps so that you can see that reparations are important to black people. I'm typing in caps so that you can see maybe health reform is important to people. I'm typing in caps so you can know that all people who are part of the LGBT community are not all the same. So it's not one person speaking for another. It is just us understanding and having a maturity to understand that 
that yes, we are diverse and there are way more voices on the other side. Like when you made uh, the comment about, you know, rappers saying we got an agenda, there were way more rappers and entertainers that were all pushing for the Democrat party than they were ice cubes. It's just the fact. So I tell people all the time, there is no balance in the challenge and the critique. It's just not. At the Revolt Summit, um, I got into a big, it went viral uh, because one of the entertainers got up and said, seem like you mad at entertainers because I was talking about how we need balance with entertainers, meaning entertainers need to sit down with people like me and let's get an understanding. I can sing and rap. So I've entertained. I've had CDs out. I've done that too. But we have to have a, a conversation so that we can understand each other because the entertainers are very valuable with the having big um, platforms to say, hey, y'all, come look at this. They're like, to me, the people in the caps. But then it's people in the comments where Flame is saying, hey, let me open them up platform you so we can have a conversation so we can get a little bit of understanding and if we remove ego and understand that we both bring value to the table entertainment as well as politics and how do we have this conversation to see that there's different opinions we move forward now to answer your question on black agenda i do agree politics is personal i said this just on my podcast yesterday because i work a lot with people that push reparations. A lot of the folks in the reparations movement are very single issue voters and that's okay. Some people are very single issue voters, but I also advocate all the time that first of all, your involvement in politics should be what's personal to you because that's what's going to keep you up at night. That's what's going to keep you motivated. This is the hardest calling that I've ever had. It is not a career. It is a calling. And the only thing that's going to keep you battling the principalities that you have to fight is your motivation. So it has to be something personal. And I tell my reparationist friends who get mad, oh, it's all about reparation. No, it has to be, it's enough of us, enough problems in the black community for us all to get our hands dirty and in something. That's number one. We don't have to get everybody talking about the same thing. However, was personal to me, mass incarceration. That's personal to me because I watch an entire generation. My, my, a lot of my friends were about five, 10 years older than me, but I watched them get locked up behind the 94 crime bill. All my homies that came from LA and lived in Oklahoma City, I watched first-time nonviolent offenders, the same guys that saved my life and particularly one, I tell the story all the time, that saved my life when a dice game went bad. That's why I thought it was so ironic on what happened this week because it made me reflect on how it was supposed to be me, Flame, I was supposed to be identified that same night. So I can't forget about the people that rock with me and the issues that affected them. I've never been arrested. I've never been to prison, but I'm motivated by my friends in mass incarceration. I'm motivated by healthcare because both of my parents had inadequate healthcare and died as a result. But reparations are still important. So I think people need to understand that two things can be done at the same time. The black agenda is what's personal to you, but we cannot ignore the people in the caps because really what they're saying is these issues are not talked about at all broadly and they're conflated. And so they're just trying to bring attention to it. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. 
Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Listen up. I've got a quick message for any black entrepreneurs who are planning on opening a store or who want to grow their business. If this describes you... Let me share some info about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training, and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. 
I got a question, uh, Teslin. What do you think? Why do you think us as black people, and that's with, with gay, straight, or just with differences where we see things different, ain't got nothing to do with just sexuality. Why do you think we are so afraid to come to a table, sit down like adults, and have real open, honest conversation to fix the problems more so than just keep adding more coal to the burner. Why are we so afraid of that? What what is, what is the fear? And I'm asking a very serious question. Why we can't just sit down at a round table, all different types from the black community and hear each other and hear each other. Yeah, I think we do. We're doing that now. Uh, we have to be very careful. And, and, you know, and I tell people this and I, I give the, again, analogies. I love analogies and metaphors. You know, my sister Tamika and my son, they, they talk about accomplices. You know, we need accomplices in the game. Killer Mike talks about allies. I'm a military veteran. I was an M60 gunner. So I talk about soldiers because soldiers are very different. And I give the analogy uh, on Boys in the Hood. Everybody has seen Boys in the Hood. And you you had when it was time for Trey to get in the car and really put in work. He did all that screaming and all that hollering. He got some ass off of it, cried, did all of that on the along. But when it was time to put in work. When it was time to actually do the work, he said, let me out the car. His role was to go to Morehouse and become a scholar. Ice Cube's role in that movie, Doughboy, was to put in work. And as a result of that lifestyle, he eventually died. I believe that people have different roles. And I don't think that we're not coming to the table and have conversations. Where I think the problem is, is people are sitting around thinking that everybody need to be at the table. I'm okay with everybody not being at the table. I tell people all the time, I'm not Harriet Tubman. I'm not coming back to get your ass. I'm a honk one time and I'm a leave. All this trying to save everybody and try to get everybody on board. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's been proven biblically, whether people are religion or not. Moses did not go to the promised land because he talked to slaves who were already free. So you're either going to be about the 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 uh, going over to the land of milk and honey like Joshua, which is saying, I don't need us all. I just need about 10 or 15 people. I just need Gideon's army. Just get me 300, 300. I, that's what I was talking to my son about before this show. I said, give me a tangible number on what you think can shift the culture in hip hop. Don't say we, 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 we tell me a number. If it was a hundred artists that said, I want to be able to say whatever I want to say in hip hop, find me a hundred that say, no, we're going to shift the culture. And that, that 100 can make a difference. Gideon's army started with 10,000, but it was 300 that made a difference. So I don't, I, I don't think we're afraid to do it. We're doing it now. We just have to stop thinking everybody got to be at the table. Let's just have enough dedicated few. Cause that's really what it comes down to. It's only going to be just a few that really does the work. And I agree and disagree with you. I agree that mm -hmm. we don't need everybody at the table, but I disagree with you when you say you're not Harriet Tubman because you're in politics. You have no other choice but to save us. That's yeah. why you vocal yeah. That's no, why you vocal about it. That's that true, but I'm not Harriet. No, but I'll tell you who I am. I'm I'm Deborah from the, the book of Judges where she said General Barack, that was his actual name. She said, General Barack, you either going to free my people or he's going to deliver it through the hands of a woman. I am. I come from the book of Judges, a warrior in an Old Testament I use Harriet Tubman as an example because my grandmother was a bus driver. And even when she drove the bus, she told me, if your ass ain't on this bus stop on time, you're going to get left. And so I think it's important that people move with urgency, not always. You, you know, people love the favorite quote they love sharing about Harriet Tubman is, you know, I could have saved a thousand. You know, I only saved a thousand. Whatever it is. What is it that if more people knew they were 
people had they known they were slaves. Right. Yeah. And so I, I try to push flame the mentality that you need to understand that everybody ain't going to wait on you. You need to move with. If I say I'm coming to the we're going to the club at seven o'clock, your ass better be ready at seven o'clock. We move differently when we understand that ain't nobody coming back. When we understand we ain't on color people time. You don't get an extra 15 minutes. Perfect. I went to see uh, Jodeci, um, uh, the new edition tour. And the new edition tour that just that just finished, they started on time. That was the first time I ever been to a black concert. I'm out here getting my drink, thinking I got an extra 15, 20 minutes. And I'm listening to Joe to say, oh, yeah, in the back. I'm like, what are they doing? They started on time. So the word got around to people that were going to the concert and say, y'all better be on time because you're going to miss Jodeci. You're going to miss KC and Jodeci, which is really who I came to see. When we understand that it's going to start on time. We moved differently. My training that I did in Atlanta started at 7 a.m. And I told people, I'm not Harriet Tubman. Bring your ass here late if you want to. You're going to get locked out. See, they're not used to political trainers speaking it in that way. They used to saying, oh, everybody, come on in. Come on in. Get a plate. Come on in. I said, no, no, no. If you're not there on time, because you this is boot camp for real, the military. The military strategic mindset is to send people away. When we do basic training, we don't try to keep people. We try to send you away because we only want the frontline soldiers. So my mindset is not about getting people that don't know they free. Because if you don't know, you don't want to be free in 2022. You're not for me. Deflame, do you know all 300 of them people that came from all over the country beat us to the door? They were there at 615 in the morning because the expectation was there that ain't nobody waiting on you. So I do think it's important that somebody go back and get slaves and talk to them and beg. That's not my role. My role is to tell you when I honk this damn horn, I'm like the rapture. One time I'm blowing the trumpet. One time you either coming or you're not. And I have seen that work in, in the way I organize. COVID made black people be on time because, you know, we got broke during COVID. You know, black people, you know, we show up late for everything, me, myself included. But COVID said the money tight. You better be there on time. COVID made black folks show up on time. <laughs> Lauren, you look like you're about to say something. What you about to say, Lauren? I was because we kind of talked about it. I wanted to shift a little because um, I'm curious to hear your views, Teslin. Um, you know, this week we lost another uh, beloved rapper in the community. Takeoff was shot, unfortunately, and was killed. Um I think he makes number 22 within this year. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think in terms of the, the climate that we're living in, where it just seems like violence is constantly at the forefront and ultimately, you know, we're just losing too many people at the end of the day. Yeah. I, you know, again, going back to my analogy, my first funeral I went to was at 12 years old. It's always been a part of my lifestyle. I think social media and it, it amplifies things. For example, when Rodney King, you know, got beat up, people was telling, we've been saying in LA, this is what happens in LA, but it took the camera, you know, to be able to show people, Hey, this is the reality. When I watched the movie, uh, when they see us and so many people were just devastated to see what happens in solitary confinement. I got so pissed because I said, that tell me you ain't never went to go see nobody in jail. You ain't never put no money on nobody's books. You are completely clueless on what brothers go through with solitary confinement. So um, when things are hiding in that way, we've lost way more than 22 black people this year. But those are the ones that were highlighted. So when things are highlighted and in social media over the top and it's back to back to back to back to back to back, it makes it seem... Um, as if it's something new and it's not. And also where we have to be careful with, like I said a little while ago about we are coming to the table to talk. It's also important that there are plenty of nonviolent intervention communities all over the country that never get any light shined on them, never talked about, don't have the resources, don't have the things that they need uh, to get to go into the community. I always talk about Sylvia Nunn in L.A. 
that has that's out there doing really trying to correct some of even the lifestyle she was a part of by being a pyru blood and she's over there doing it on on pennies so nobody talks about that in the lives that she has been able to save and touch a lot of ogs that really have come back and be like hey i want to be a part of correcting what it is that i started i've been talking to doc all this week rapper icon doc is like let's put let's let's do something i want to change the culture that i was once a part of talking to um last week uh c mac cj mac and and what he's trying to do so it's a lot of willie d scarface it's a lot of people that's trying to do they ran for office willie d and scarface ran for office so it's a lot of people that are trying to go in the opposite but they don't get the attention that it comes and so we have to be very careful that black culture is number one not talked about as if this is the only part of our culture because it's not there is black excellence in our culture as well. There is black yeah. academics in our culture as well. There is black talent in our culture as well. There are community activists in our culture as well. We cannot allow white supremacist talking points that sometimes even we pick up in our desire to want to change our community. And we uh, subconsciously, unconsciously pick up those talking points and say, oh man, we just killing everybody. We just dying everybody. There's crime in every community. White on white crime, Asian on Asian crime, Hispanic on Hispanic crime. And that particular loss, would take off rest in peace had nothing to do with rap it was a dice game gone bad yep. and i know plenty of people that got killed at a dice. again my own personal story being at the wrong place wrong time was a result of a dice game so we just i i i'm just very careful in trying to conflate that issue but i do recognize and realize that that music has a lot of influence on our culture but i also realize flame i got a 15 year old little girl She's going to a K-pop uh, concert today. She loves K-pop. Now, me, I listen to ratchet music all day long. That's just not what my baby's into. You know what I'm saying? So it comes down to how do you raise your children? Flame, you talk about it all the time. Regardless of people have issue, take issue with you and how you present to the world, you always remind people, but what about my three babies? What about my babies going to college? What about the positive things that they're doing? At the end of the day, you cannot dispute the receipts. And when it comes down to how we're raising our children, that is a family conversation. And I don't hold music as responsible as raising my baby girl. That really comes down to me and the example that I set and the expectations that I set. But yes, music does play influence into that. So I do. I want to do a follow up to that. Then I'm curious to get your thoughts on the fact that certain prosecutors are using uh, rappers lyrics actually to basically prosecute these cases. Um, mm -hmm. Young Thug and Gunna is an example of that. I know recently, you know, Gavin Newsom, our beloved governor, you know, that's basically passed the law saying that that was not allowed in this state. But it seems like more and more this is becoming a practice. So how do you think? Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you think about music actually being used against, you know, rappers and the culture that, you know, and their lived experiences. Yeah, I just did a, a segment on that in Revolt News. And I, I believe in the First Amendment right, particularly when it comes to black people, especially when it comes to black men, because then it'll be a slippery slope and it could easily go to, hey, Flame was doing a comedy set about killing somebody and how she'd want to kill somebody. Oh, I could just. If I if it was me, I just kill him, knock him in the head and then something happens. And then all of a sudden now you a suspect in a crime that you never committed. So because this system is not set up to give us fair justice based on what we know, it is important to make sure that evidence always prevails uh, based on somebody's, you know, what they may have said in art. However, at the same time, I come from the generation where people didn't talk on phones about their dirty work. They didn't sit and write notes. This social media era with these gangbangers online and YouTube and telling on themselves. Basically, if you tell it on yourself and you are putting out literally 
you know, I killed Jojo and Jojo come up dead and they saw that your ass was at Jojo's house on your cell phone and on the camera because you can track everywhere that you are. And that is able, you don't have to use the, the rap lyric for evidence. You can use the simple fact that you was at Jojo's house and we see you was on the phone and we, so to me, it's the evidence over anything else. But the, the the people are conflating the conversation between how should we change our music versus what actually works in court. So I had attorney um, Amaris Ayala, who's running for a state attorney in Florida, speak on this. And she was very clear about we cannot let those things conflate and all merge into one because there's different you know, different conversations. The court of law, it should be innocent until proven guilty. This justice system has always for black people and particularly black men has always been guilty until proven innocent. So we have to be very careful. Now we want to have the culture conversation on should we produce better music? Should we do da da da? That's a different conversation. And they, I don't believe they belong together. Tesla, for the record, if I'm accused of busting somebody to the head, I probably did. It. <laughs> 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 Me too. But but I and see and I talk about this on Love Lounge and I talk about this when I'm doing my stand up. I do think that the music sets a mood in the younger generations on a different di- different demographic from my era. Let me say that so I don't, I don't offend nobody because well I really don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> I think the music sets a mood. Isley Brothers, Frankie Beverly and Mays, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, those put you in a mood to where you want to hold hands, feel good about yourself, make love, make babies, what have you. Some of this new music and these kids, be whatever they drug they're using now, uh, this trap music, it, it's, it's angry. It's the same. Like, it's the same. See, this is what yeah. I try to say. So so my generation of 35 to the 45, this ain't. This is the same music. I, when, when people be saying, ooh, these kids. I say we they parents that we brought in gangster rap. So this ain't new music to me. I am a alumni of Little Kim. I come from the lineage of Little Kim. I am a descendant of NWA. So this ain't new music to me. These are the parents that had children. The average uh in the early 90s. Remember when uh Thanks for My Child came out and you know they put uh Karen White was it Karen White when she put that song out? There was a height in teenage pregnancy in that era. When I was 16 in high school, both of my best friends had babies at 16, at 16. So their children now are in their late 20s. That era of the gang banging and the rap and all of that and what I came up on, these are the children of the mothers and the parents that had them at 16 and 17 years old. Now, does age make a difference? No, because my grandmother, if we go back and look at my grandmother, when did they start having babies? 18, 19, 20, some even younger than that. My family in Louisiana, because they started very early and had 10, 20 kids, you know, by the time they was 25, big, big families. So it's not always an age thing. And yes, culture does make a difference. When I would want to get buck with somebody, yeah, I'm gonna put in E40. I'm gonna put in some gangster rap. I'm gonna put in Lil' Kim. That was the, the zone that I was on. But that to me is not a new thing that has always been a part of our community. But again, at the same time, it really comes down to the individual kid and what they're into. My baby is a K-pop BTS. She go to every BTS. We fly all over the country to go to these things. I love it. She don't listen to Maid the Stallion. I do her mama do. She don't listen to any of that. So she she gravitates to what she likes. And so there is still some individualism 
you know, that we that we must take accountability for in our in our house. There are certain things that I know you would not tolerate from your son. How do I know that? Because I would know that he would have never got that scholarship if you tolerated everything that he wanted to bring to you. Whether you live in L.A. or not, what everybody else doing in L.A. wasn't what your child was doing because the results show. So I do I, think that it's a parent thing more so than a music I'm, industry. And my son and not my daughters. Thank you, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> them helpers walk over me. I am tougher. Than, I am the toughest piece of aluminum foil you ever seen until it comes to my daughters. I don't know why they just and they take advantage of it. Yeah, that is the man, that is the man in me. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. So I would ask you: you raising a child in this era? How did he get the scholarship? You in LA? It's gang banging everywhere. How how did that happen? Was it the music? What I mean, how, how did that? That's a that's a good question for you. How were you able to keep him from escaping making those types of decisions? It wasn't that what he wasn't confronted with it. He grew up in a house with me, and 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 let me be very transparent that I have always lived in a zip code that was above my means, that's and true. when I say that I'm not saying that like I felt like I was better than anyone else but I learned once I had children because before I had children it didn't matter to me but once I had children I learned that the better the zip code the better the PTA the better the PTA the better the school system see they always want to say it's the teachers PTAs direct and drive the school system so when I learned that we lived in a better zip code because I didn't have any money I wanted to work in a community that didn't understand me while being a part of a community that could not stand me. So I could not work, not because I wasn't talented, but the gays didn't like that I didn't dance to their beat. And the straight people didn't understand me, even though I kept showing up and showing out. So there was a real hard wedge for me. Meanwhile, trying to maintain raising three kids, I'm blacklisted in the gay community. I couldn't work in the straight community because if a male comedian would book me on a show or something, he would get ragged on and they would say, oh, you attracted to that? Why you got flame on the show? You must want to sleep with flame. It was never any of that. Mm-hmm. But my son, to me, which is why I never did a reality show, Tesla, I've been offered three times a reality show, big money, even before I got with Lauren as my manager. I didn't want to sell my son out. My son, and, and you see me, you need my, you know my presentation. Y'all see my dress when I'm on Instagram and Facebook, how I show up to award shows or what have you. My son still respects me as his father. That was something I will not relinquish for all the money on this planet. I just won't give that up. My daughters go, girls wishy-washy anyway. Let me just say it. Women are wishy-washy. They start as girls. But boys, you know, it was important for me as a black person in this country for my black son to respect his black father that was here to show him love and understanding and patience. And I always provide, even when we didn't have money, even when I was blacklisted, I knew how to hustle. Oh, there's a hustler in me. That girl in me going to get it. And that guy in me going to sign for it. <laughs> That's it. So you are a perfect. So I, I and this is why, because you probably, you know, I knew all your story. This is why your story is so important as you're having these conversations you can use because what people relate to in politics is real people's story even the candidate when we teach candidates how to do speeches it's me you us if you actually listen to a candidate's speech they'll start as saying hey i'm tesson figaro i'm from here i'm this 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 then they'll say you you know flame you and i relate because we both have teenage kids with da 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 and then they go to the us me you us us you and i together we can make a difference pimps and pastors got the same format by the way would you like to hear it uh, I've, I've seen it. I saw. I watched it in the church when the pastor got robbed and then showed his closet with all the ostriches in it. Right. But I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm talking about literally the speech format. I talked about this on Ghetto Boys. Me, you, us. Pastor, me. 
the Lord send me the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, um, the chosen one, you know, God ordained me, then you, you know, when you in church and he say, I know I'm talking to somebody in here. I know I'm touching on somebody here. And you be saying, damn, it seemed like he's talking to me. That's the you part. And then the us, all I need is two of us to touch and agree. And let's get this building fun. And let's get this house. Me, you, us, I'm giving you the, literally the speech format that they use. Pimps do the same thing. Me, I'm a pimp. Look at me. Look at my clothes. I'm looking good. Don't you want to be with somebody like me? The you go to the, to the prostitute. You're not doing as well as you could be. If you was with me, we'd be da da da. The us, me and you together, we can take over the world. The me, you, us speech format works with engagement and it works the same way in politics. So what I like about your story is not so much of as of saying, well, tells on the music sound good. I like your story of the me, you, us. Tell me about you. How were you able to do it? Because when you tell your story that, no, I was able to deal with all these different levels of obstacles. I made the personal choice and the personal decision to live above my means in the right neighborhood for the right reasons to raise my child. And I refuse to sell my soul. I got that same story. We don't have to be of the same gender. We don't have to have the same lifestyle, but I got the same story. I was divorced. I had my child in wedlock. We got divorced and I made the decision to not shake my ass or sell my ass or sell my soul to be able to take care of my child, to make the decision so she can be the example that I want her to be like my mama was and my mama mama was. So when it comes down to it, when we really want to talk about how to move the needle in politics, it comes down to sharing our personal stories because can't nobody challenge you on that story. People can challenge you on your position on Nancy or the governor or this and this and that, but people can't challenge you on how were you able to do it? How did you go above and beyond? What decisions did you make? I've been on Fox News on and off for six years. They've offered me the bag multiple times. Before Candace Owens was Candace Owens, they offered me the bag. I've never got a dime from Fox News. I refuse to sell my soul, even when I needed the money. Nobody put me in the game. Now, my mama, my daddy, they both in the ground. Nobody was in politics. Nobody's in law. Nobody in my family. I got this shit out the hustle and the muscle. So when I give that story to people, you can't challenge it. And that's how we we make the change within our community. That's how I know your whole story. I know your story because I am intrigued by your story. And people <laughs> are moved by your story. Maybe you should run for office. I'm sending you a wink. Ooh, girl, I can be the and look, I say the I say whatever state it is money, because I can be the I can be the, the, the winner and the first lady at the same time. I can be right. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a duo. This he she we. And Lauren always calls me an anomaly because Lauren knows the backlash because Lauren is my manager. She knows the cancellations that I get because I speak how I feel. And I always say, I'm not speaking for no one community. I love Dr. Martin Luther King and what he was as a freedom fighter, a civil rights leader. But I was never with his tactics because if you put your hands on me, my natural reaction is to uh, do whatever I need to do to get you up off of me. And the damn show ain't walking away. That's it. So, yeah, and that's why I hate when the community boxes me up. But thank you, Teslin, for that because I, I, I'm not speaking to try to ruffle feathers or I'm not speaking to try to get likes or dislikes. This is who I am. This is how I feel. And I don't change me. I won't, I don't change me. This is it. But so, see, no, and although you don't speak for one community, and I know you have to say that all the time because I have to say it too, so I understand why you're saying it. At the same time, they can't take away what community you're a part of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, you ain't speaking for one community, but you ain't going to, like, you can't erase who I am and how I present. So while when sure. somebody say, well, you don't speak for the black community, yeah, I don't speak for the black community, but God damn it, I'm black though. You ain't going to make me question like who I am. I'm just one part of it. 
And so the story is unique and that's why people gravitate to you. I didn't have to do research on you. I've seen every show that you've done. I've been <laughs> over your lunch. You checked me one time. I came your love line. I was like, oh, shit, let me shut up and flame check my ass. But because I said, <laughs> you want to know why you check? I said one day I said, you were talking about Corey Hawkum. And I said he wasn't mainstream. And he was like, he is mainstream. I don't care what you say. And I think you thought I was saying, I wasn't saying that he wasn't um, accepted by the mainstream. I was saying that the positions he takes are so, I'm standing on this regardless of what everybody else is saying, that that mainstream, quote unquote, you know, what they consider mainstream may not accept his words. And that following week, I was going to hit you up in the inbox, but I left it alone. But that following week was when Corey checked um, Earthquake. And then he did, yeah. I saw that one. Good did you job. see it? And he and Corey and Corey himself said, I ain't like the rest of them. I'm not like mainstream. I don't do what they do. And that's what I meant, you know, when I was saying that. Girl, that they, I'm on the lovely. You know, when I'm on the lovely, I'm, I'm yeah, right. Yeah, it's okay. But I, I said, yeah, that's fine. But what I say, I respect it though. I respect people that it's about consistency with me. We don't all have to move the same way, but be consistent. And one thing for sure you've been is consistent. And if that means, hey, I'm going to check Tesla. Hey, check you. You ain't discriminating the same way. Man, I'm straight shot. No chase. I don't discriminate on nothing. It is. No, Tesla. And you know what I admire the most about strong women, especially strong black women or strong African-American women, is that I, I see it. You know, I am. And I say this all the time. I want I, I emulate black women. I emulate a strong black woman when I'm Flame Monroe. When I'm on, I feel like the most powerful trans woman king it ever is because I feel strong and I feel encouraged and powerful because look at the examples. You know, and I say this and I've said this before. Two things happened like, or two years ago to say different people, both black people. Abrams lost to Georgia. They cheated her. And Gilliam lost in Florida. They cheated him. The difference was the strong black woman went to the battlefield. She went right to work, went right to war as a general and flipped Georgia blue. The other guy went to the hotel room and got caught with his pants down, literally. That don't change Andrew Gilliam's politics. I still like his politics. I just hate that where he went in his mind emotionally because they love to say women ain't strong. Stacey Abrams showed us a tank. And and Gilliam showed us a weakling. And can, and I, can, I, can I give you some breaking news? And down, this is a shameless plug. I got a fiction book online called Kitty's Litter on Amazon. I've been writing about these politicians. They've been putting their pants down. He got caught up. Now, that might be what he'd like to say. But in 2000, Florida's my stomping uh, ground. In my book, uh, Kitty's Litter, it talks about mental illness. It talk, It's a call girl service where she lobbying. Actually, the person that was the governor also was having sex and buying dope and all of that. That is a very normal thing in politics. And again, that Andrew could have been experienced when he was experiencing. But I just want to put on the record, I put two books out about that in 2014 before all this happened. They've been doing this shit in the, in the hotel room. This was just a matter of getting caught. And it always, like I said, it comes down to people that, you know, that really uh, just do the work. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides. Loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt, 
and his family's safety on the line? Will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. I want to say this, and I know I'm sure y'all run out of time. I, I want to piggyback on when you said, you know, sitting at the table and having these conversations and why this conversation was so important to me. I don't want to say the person's name, but there was somebody that wanted me to do an event uh, with with someone from the trans community. And but it was a comedy. It was in a fun environment and my schedule wouldn't allow allow for it. And I believed it worked out that way for a reason, because. I want when I got the invite to come here, I was like, oh, man, this is perfect because it wasn't 
that I didn't want to sit down with somebody from a different community. I just felt it was critically important to sit down and have a conversation so people can see how we engage. There's time now, me and you, we do something down the road that's funny and ha ha and kiki. That's fine. But I thought it was important that that one, it's not in a in an environment where it's just all about a joke. That it's in an environment that you can sit down with somebody from the trans community, LGBT community, or somebody like me and actually have a conversation as real people. Because one of the things you always say that I appreciate what you say when you talk about advertisers, you're like, I brush my teeth, I use toothpaste, I use deodorant, like everybody else. So although those conversations are important to, to be at the table, it is important how we engage and we need more conversations like this. I appreciate Charlemagne bringing you on. Otherwise, I wouldn't have never known about you. You I love my boss. I love my Charlemagne. Yeah. <laughs> you can be funny. Yeah, you can be funny and people still respect what you bring to the table. I look at the yeah. comments. You get overwhelming response, even from people who may not even align with LGBT. They say, but I respect, you know, how you put it down. And so that matters, too. You can be funny and also be taken serious at the same time. Shit, I think I'm funny, but people still take me serious. So I'm glad we had this conversation because I didn't want to. Um, I didn't think me doing an event with somebody else, the schedule just didn't allow it, but I didn't think that was the best way to show me engaging with somebody at that particular time, because it could either dumb down what I'm trying to do or make it seem like we're making a mockery out of something rather than having this conversation. And I always say that Tess, and when they, when they want to send the, the one of the trans girls to come, come to the forefront to speak, they always find the angriest, most disgruntled one. Uh, but, but it's never me because I don't want, I choose not to be the spokesperson. I never signed up for that. I'm an entertainer. I want to make people laugh and feel good, even though I want to push my politics. And, and what you said is very true. I always think that people hear you clearer and better if you shove it to them and then you close it with a funny because it makes the impact not so hard, but you still hear the message. And sometimes my impact, they just, ooh, I think they just don't like it coming from me. <laughs> is that what it is, Lauren? <laughs> It's, it's interesting because I think that that's a good point too. And I, and like Flame said, I've always called her an anomaly for this reason is that when we have conversations and if I don't understand something, it's educational, it's not confrontational, it's not hostile. And, you know, with my other job that I do, I do work with the trans community a lot, but I often find it that it's almost like they forget that they're black first and they forget mm -hmm. that we actually have this shared experience. It automatically goes to, Oh, I'm the victim and you're oppressing me. So I right. think that's caused a lot of issues of where it's like, I can't have this conversation with you because it's already starting off in a negative space. Yeah. We have to come to the table in a capacity where we're actually trying to learn one another. And that's also too why I say, I think it's really messed up because a lot of Flames trans sisters, it's almost like they're negating her experience. You know, mm -hmm. her vernacular, her ideology, what they talked about when she was coming up is very different from now with certain words that are being used within this within this space, in this community. But she's being ridiculed for that. And it's not OK, because that was her lived experience. Don't deny what she lived through to validate what's happening now, you know. Right. So it, it's all of that coming together. So that's why I appreciate the space that, you know, we share with me and Flame because it's always a space of learning and camaraderie. It's never a space of, oh, I'm the victim or I feel like you're persecuting. Yeah. That's not what this is. And let you me know, speak life into you. You need to allow that to be enough. Like when you say we need to come together, I'm going to say again, one of the first trainings that I do where I say it's all about we, but it falls on me. If they don't never come to the table, if they don't never get it, 
Moses had Aaron, one person, a communicator. Moses said, I don't know what to say. You've been the chosen one to go. It don't matter. Flame can sit up all day and talk about it. I don't want to speak to nobody. I don't want to speak to nobody. God has called you to speak. So get over that. All this talking about what you don't want to do don't have nothing to do with it. You've been in position and place for a reason to say what you're saying. And you can deny it and you can talk around it and you can say whatever. When you've been called to speak on certain issues, you've just been called, period. And so when Moses was called to free the slaves. And he said, I don't know what to say. I'm not equipped to say. God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you an Aaron. I'm going to send you a communicator. So Lauren, you are the communicator. That's it. It only take two. It didn't nobody go back and say, well, what about if we get all them at the table? What about? No, all it took was two. I don't even have that. I don't have an agent, a booker, a manager, a publicist, nothing. So really all it take is one. When something has been putting you to speak, it's to speak truth to power. And you can look at what people, what how they respond to your message. If God called me to speak, he better send a check over here. I'm just <laughs> he gonna send it. <laughs> you do that too. More than you ever want. I'm on, joking. I'm on yeah. Oh my God. He you gonna do that too. What, you know what, Tessa, when I just experienced having this conversation with you and just hearing you out and listening to your passion about it. And hope, if more of us would get these younger, the, the younger demographic involved in politics young, before they get the blemishes on their record, before they get the hiccups, because we can't have hiccups in Gideon. They can have all the hiccups in the world. We well, can, I have- can I tell you that I got somebody elected that was arrested 21 times? I got a cocaine felon elected that was arrested 21 times in Orlando, Florida. She ran. Well, girl, you said Florida, so with yeah. Florida, I ain't surprised. Florida they got a baby. I say that because, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I say that because the, the ones who've been through it, the ones who have been through the fire, they are the ones that bring forth pure gold. We can. When you look at the Compton, who the mayor of Compton, we're only talking about five, ten thousand people to the polls. When we talk about lower the, these lower uh, level positions that are the most impactful, I say that because I need the homies to wake up. Because guess what? If the homies wake up, the former gangsters, if they wake up and they want to do an insurrection on the Capitol, they ain't hiding under no damn uh, tables. They getting with it. Those are our soldiers. That is our civil war army. That is our Lazarus. No, we need the hiccups. Bring me, bring me the ones with the well, hiccups. See, that's well, that's when, the mama. I was saying that. Yeah, we want the youngest. That, I was saying that they keep us out if we got the hiccups. But those are the ones I trust. And I've said this publicly. I don't trust. But they don't keep us out, sis. That's why we need you a part of. See, you just told the story how they tried to keep. Can I? Can I bless you for a moment? You just told the story how they tried to keep. How they tried to keep you out of it. They couldn't keep you out of it. They couldn't stop what was in you. So we have to just get the people that's willing to believe what's in you. I hear what you're saying, and I'm not discounting, you know, getting them when they're young and all, because it's much better to get somebody before they're young, before they're broken. But I'm speaking on what God has called in my life. I go, I go teach in the prisons. I go, the, it's about the least of these for me. I want to get the ones where they say, you ain't, you ain't no good. Don't nobody want you. Like you said, the straight community don't, the gay community don't, this and that. I want the ones that's willing to crawl, that's willing to get on glass. Those are the ones that's going to survive. Those are the warriors that we need now. I need the ones with the hiccups and we can get them elected. It's just simply just not true. Well, those we just are, don't organize that way. Those are the ones that I trust the most. I say that all the time. I want to preach. I don't want a preacher that has lived his whole life holy. I want somebody That's who right. can talk because he's been in the world or she's been right. in the world. 
You know, they experienced everything. So when you when I'm telling you my story, or I'm telling you my lived experience, if you have something similar and you went through it, you'll understand exactly where I'm at at that moment. So, yeah, I get you with that. It's just that because we're black and we get a blemish, they seem to be able to get away with it. And, and so I'm glad that you expressed that, that you somebody was arrested 21 times for cocaine. And you well, got the cocaine fell in one. And, and not only that, she ran. See, this they, because again, remember, I'm talking about local politics. That's the most powerful thing. That's where you get, I'm not talking about where uh, on Congress and Senate, you know, where they running ads and all that type of stuff. I'm talking about on the local level, where it's literally just your high school, your church, and a couple other folks that's going to the polls. When she ran, she ran against seven people. One of them was former Miss America. She got caught even online, Facebook, drinking, all type of shit, you name it. But what they could not take from Regina Hill, go look her up, was the work. The woman come out the trenches. They cannot outwork her. They just cannot out hustle her. So again, I'm not talking about Congress. I'm not talking about Senate. I'm not talking about those positions. I'm talking about city council. City council in your precinct in your area, in the community where people are, you're talking about literally three or four precincts that make a decision. If you just get four or 500 early absentee voting, you can win. Those are the ones that decide who gets the grant. What after school programs get the money? Where do we, how do we take care of this redistricting? How do we, that's where the power is there. So if we are looking at local, we can get former convicted folks in all kind of blemishes elected because we make the choice. Nobody's coming in and spending $2 million on advertisement and all that time. I know what you're saying. Like if you're trying to, you know, the war knocks and the hurt and the, you know, the Senate, but that ain't where our power is. No damn way. All they doing is going up there to argue with, a, with 200 and some people, some people, they're not going to get shit done. Where we get some done is on the city council level, on the mayor level, on the, I tell people, you go outside, you can get involved in anything you want. There's a commissioner for water and soil in Florida. There's somebody that's literally over the shit and the water. So if you don't like something in your community, I don't like the way the stop signs is. Okay, cool. I don't like the Mets sit on the Metro plan board. If you don't like the way your school, these are, these are positions that we actually control. It is no they. It's us. We can get these people done. I'll be glad when we can talk about this offline at any time. You don't mind me doing a shameless plug. Text push the line, all one word, P-U-S-H, the line, all one word, the 66866. I do free trainings on this. I show you the numbers. I show you how 4,000 people, 2,000 people out of a district of 200 something thousand people, only 4,000 made the decision. That's not a lot of numbers. When we look at internal. So we have to start looking that way. We need them people. We need the people with the blemishes because they know the story. We need you. You can only advocate for what you've been through. And that's why we need people like you. And if you believe I'm that they can keep you out, you wouldn't I'm, be here today. I'm going to need you to go ahead and be my campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> because I think too, Tesla, but to your point, to everything that you're saying, I think it's going to require a bit of reprogramming because everybody doesn't have that ideology nor understand that, that their vote really matters. You know, especially in today's climate, there's so much, you know, back end stuff happening of how you can really suppress your vote, especially among us when our vote really, really matters. So it's going to take some reprogramming for people to actually understand the impact that they could potentially have. And it doesn't matter about the blemishes or what you've done in your past. It matters about the work that you're willing to do and will continue to do. So I think it's going to take some reprogramming. Well, you said it at the beginning of the show. Well, when Flame said, I look at what's in front of me right now, the police, the police is a city official. Yeah. It has nothing to do with 
Warnock or Herschel Walker. Or, so if we, if I were to just go on the conversation, what most people get on conversation, they want to talk to me about federal politics. I'm always redirecting it back to local because that's my job on what I do. Yeah. Not not just because you want to talk about I'm going to redirect it back and, re- and show you how you the next candidate. Damn, Warner, like that's important. The sentence is important. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. But that's not the change that impacts you. It's just not. And so these, this is where these conversations, you know, really matter. And if Flame really believed that they had that much power, then Flame wouldn't be standing here today because they tried to put you out the game too. We just need people that know how to move past the days and believe in what they've been called and don't stop, can't stop. That's what we need on the local level. Hey. They they can kiss my dick in the face. That's what that's they it. can do. That's it. <laughs> hey, I tell people all the time, you go to hell. That's why I don't run a nonprofit. That's why I don't run for office. That's why I don't take donations. I tell people because I always want to be in the position to tell you to go to hell. I don't want you thinking you own me at any time so I can actually speak truth to power. And and if I can continue to do this and get people like you to say, shit, you know what? Tells them I might have something here. Maybe I need to run for city council or if you don't do that work on somebody's campaign everybody's not a candidate work on the campaign if you don't like the way democrats are uh, advertising towards us i don't like no bucking no vote that was trash guess who runs those campaigns white folks it's not that we can't use entertainment the director communications on the when we all vote are white folks they got on a linkedin profile i know how to reach out to diverse communities who know how to reach out better than me so they get the jobs so we got to get the jobs in politics, the operatives. We need to be the organizers and the candidates. We really have to do this at a local level and stop being so centered on federal. That's not what affects your day-to-day life. It makes a difference, but it's not what's going to be the quickest impact that's most relative to you. Tesla, I just felt a tour with you, Tamika <laughs> yes! and Lauren, and we're going to call it three and a half women. Hey, you know, you, you, know you playing, so you playing, but can I tell you what God really working on? Somebody in Atlanta just reached out to me and said they wanted me to do a one night at a comedy. I think it was, what's in Atlanta? What's the black? It's called comedy. The comedy, com, uh, comedy act theater. Okay. If something else, I'll tell you what it is. It wasn't comedy act theater. It was some comedy spot, black owned. Oh yeah. It's called the, um, Ooh, Ooh, shoots. I can't think of it. I did a show there. I got to look it up. But he had just said, he said, why don't you come? Because he came to my training and he said, why don't you come? And I'm saying this to put this on record because I would love to do something with you. He said, I talked to the comedy owner and you should come do, you know, a night there. And I said, that'd be uptown, pretty cool. Uptown. Uptown. Yes. Uptown. That's exactly it. He said, I talked to him about you and I think you should do. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. I said, that'd be cool. Like a town hall with a twist. You know, in conversation, we can have some spoken words, some drinks, some music and really just you know, have a conversation um, and moving this forward. So I'm down, sis. I just want to put on the record so you, your manager, oh, you hear it. Yep. Too. That's how I meant to test. I didn't mean that we would go up there and just do jokes. I mean that people really do receive it easier when it's familiar to them. So we sitting around like auntie, niece, uncle, cousin, and letting them be a part of the conversation, it, it makes them understand us more. Because even on, on, my, on the road, I do this thing called, if you ain't scared to ask it, I ain't scared to answer it. Where I give you ample opportunity to ask me anything about myself. It makes people feel like they're a part of this show. It also makes them feel important enough to hear exactly what you're saying. Because you're having the conversation publicly with them about it. So you, Tamika Mallory, Lauren, and me, we can call that three and a half women. Oh yeah, I'll be the host though. <laughs> 
<laughs> and honey, you you ain't heard my straight shot. No chaser after dog talk. After dark talk, I, get it in. I talk about everything. I don't want to be disrespectful, but both p words and the politics, I mix it up like ain't nobody business. I talk about size and all kind of. You want to talk about somebody that can put this politic thing together, baby? I break it. I, I put all the metaphors from the sex to the relationship to the men, the women, the whole nine to get people to really because yeah. politics is a relationship. Yes, and if, if you look at how you manage your raggedy ass relationship and what you tolerate in your relationship, it makes sense in your politics. Mm-hmm. It really do. And if you start having some boundaries in your relationship, you're going to see boundaries in your business. You're going to see boundaries in your politics. You're going to move through the world differently. So I, I have very candid conversations on uh, my little IG live. So no, I would love to do something. It's time. And that's really how you make the change one-on-one interaction and we can't just keep saying what they gonna do they go no we gotta do it. i said with well, my training because i train year round i run a business but i said this year i was so frustrated because the democrat party ain't building a bench and i got tired of saying when y'all gonna build a bitch build a bench so i said you know what i'm gonna do it i don't give a damn don't nobody show up i don't have no money i'm gonna do it online it don't take number 40 dollars for me to do a zoom I had 200 and some people show up in Jan- uh, July. I had 100 and some show up in uh, no, 200 and some in June, 100 and some in July. And I was in tears when I saw 300 people come from all over the country. Shout out to our Black Party and Puff for helping me on the finance end to make that free. 300 people came all over the country to the Cobb Center, beautiful center, to train people. I said, the devil is a lie. People really do want to learn how to do this. They sat there for 12 hours straight on a Saturday in the rain to get this understanding and a real training on how do we move forward. And then I just did another one on October 22nd, 300 people online. I'm doing another one in December. I got to get a free spot. I can only hold 30 people at a time, but I'm going to be there all day to do 30 at a time to get 60 people because I said flame that by 2024, I am going to train 2024 people, my damn self, not the Democrat party, not the Republican party. Ain't no more waiting and talking on them. Damn that. What am I going to do? I'm going to say this and, and then I'll close. At the end of the day, and I tell people, you don't have to be a religious person. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. We ain't got nothing to worry about. If I just disappear into existence, then it is what it is. But what if I'm right? All the time we hear people say the goat, the goat, the goat, the greatest of all time, the goat. We're always calling people to goat. But at the end of the day, when it is all said and done, some people say it's going to divide the wheat from the tear. The new international version talks about the goat and the sheep. There will become a time where the goat will be divided from the sheep. And the question will be, who has been about the shepherd's business? The shepherd's business are those for the least of these. The shepherd's business are those that went to see them in prison, those that were hungry, those who had the scuffs, those that had the blemishes, those who were told they were no longer good enough. Only the shepherd's business, only those who have been about the shepherd's business, not those that just go along to get along like sheep, but those who are the shepherd's business. That's why I always redirect that question and say, yeah, people do need to talk to the people without the blemishes, but I want the ones with the blemishes because when it's all said and done, that's the shepherd's business. And that is who will be, that is who will be exalted. That is who will be recognized. Those that are about the shepherd's business. And it's up to us. And I can't say, well, you know, the Democrat party never did nothing. You know, I sent an inbox the flame. She never followed up. I'm doing it regardless. You do what you do what you don't, you don't, because I have to be held accountable for what I've been called for. 
And I'm telling you now, speaking into your spirit and your soul for everybody to hear, you too are accountable for what's been put in you. That's how I know your whole background. I didn't have to look it up, research, do any of that. You've touched me. You've touched many other people. And you're going to continue to spread that message, whether you like it or not. So keep going around the burning bush. I don't want to be the spot. It ain't about what you don't want to be. I don't want to be it either. But it is what it is. This is what we've been called to do. So buckle up, dig in, get comfortable, ma'am, because it's time. That, that's ma'am, sir. And look, <laughs> I was in Atlanta. I did all I could to avoid the burning bush this past weekend. Knock it off. Take <laughs> well, okay. the burning bush sometime too. They drive you to it, honey. Get the burning bush to drink. Yeah. That's what you know. Moses was an alcoholic, so I, 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 I do my pastor, but honey, I'm also honey. I drink it up. I do. They drive you to drink in this business, so I am nowhere near perfect. I show my cleavage. I do all that, you, but at the same time, I know that I've been he, called. Touch. He hung out with the worst 12 players it was. That's right. Good God, hey, the 12 disciples were hey, the best. They said Marilyn Magdalene was a hoe. But guess what? You know who you know who that rider was? When all them disciples went to sleep, guess who was by the tomb? It was Mary Magdalene, baby. She said, if he can change me, the one with the blemishes, the one with the scuffs. When it when it got time, when it when shit got heavy, the disciples went on home and went to sleep. Mary Magdalene said, I'm gonna stay by the tomb, even if they kill me, I'm gonna stay by the tomb. See, that was the one they said, oh, well, you know, she was just a hoe. Well, whatever she was, she'd been through enough to know I'm going to go ahead and stay by the tomb because if he can do it for me, he sure enough can do it for himself. It's and has she not Has she always, not been by the tomb? It's always. Right. It's, always. You, and has she not been by the tomb, nobody wouldn't have witnessed him rising. When he rose, she went and woke them niggas up. These were the same ones that saw all of the miracles. It was Mary that said, get up. Because he is now rose. So I love the blemishes to me are always the ones that are called to do a different type of work and orchestrate a different type of people. And I love the I train with Jack and Jill students. They, they're the elite. And I, I do Jack and Jill students. They love me. I, I train with them like two, three hundred of them a month. So I deal with those, those types of populations. But I know I've been specifically called for those that's been through something because I've been through something and that's how we get this conversation going. And we need people that aren't afraid to lose something. I need you to lose something before. Yeah. I need you to know what it means not to have nothing. I wasn't nervous in COVID because I've been broke. I know what it means to not have six, girl, eight months. Say that, girl. For a chick. Y'all niggas running around here nervous. Oh, it was normal to me. Oh my God, you just hit me in my head, girl. If you don't knock it off and get out of my head, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about the interview I did with Horrible Decisions. And I had something Sarah Kenneth on. They say, Flame, she's going to come out after you. I say, I know how to do broke. That's the difference. I've been broke. I know how right. broke. I'm a hustler. I will never be broken. I have been broken. Pockets, but I've never been broken. Yeah, that's right, I, baby. That don't shake me. I f rule number four for being a flame at A N S ain't never scared because I ain't never scared. I'm gonna say what yeah, I, I say. in fact, COVID made me because I started losing weight because I gained like 40 pounds over five or six years. And COVID, where everybody was gaining weight, I was losing because it showed me that I had been living what was scaring everybody else was my normal. Mm -hmm. And I, it made me say, well, damn, have I, what's wrong with me? Because I know what it means. I've lost over 20 plus family members. Every single, I've lost at least one or two family members since the year 2000 until uh, COVID 2020. 
There's times where I don't have a check for six, eight, nine months. But see, I'm a hustler, baby. I Uber. I went, I had a six-figure business a month, 300 employees in Orlando. I lost it all. I had to go back and be a substitute teacher at $50 a day. I'll sell shoes at dealers for $12. I'm a hustler for show for show. So when COVID happened, I didn't understand what everybody was tripping on because this was my normal you know, it's my normal thing to expect to be to not have for eight, nine, 10 months to not have a mama or a daddy or somebody you can call and say, hey, can I borrow money? I've been in, I've left the house at 18 with the shirt on my back. So COVID to me wasn't what everybody else. I've always experienced death. I've always had sudden death in my life. In fact, if three months happen and something ain't going down, I'm wondering what what's going on, because I'm used to a cycle of three to four months of something tragically happening. So those are the ones that that know how to survive. I didn't have to get on pills and anxiety and then no disrespect to people that needed therapy and anxiety and depression. But baby, I, this bit, this was my normal to me. And it made me say, damn, Tezan, if that's your normal, you probably need to change because why is everybody panicking? And that's when I started taking better control of my health. I love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, Tessa, you were such a great guest and so informative. I appreciate it. Look, and you knew all about me, girl. You do better than some of these Hollywood producers. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Well, I gravitate to your message. So I, you, you, you don't ever know who's watching you from afar and you don't know, you know, who you're impacting. And, and sometimes we get caught up, you know, I, I tell people just Everybody don't have to click like on on everything for you to know they're not liking you and digging. You don't get caught up on the likes and the responses and the comments and all that. You are impacting people in ways that are far beyond, you know, social media engagement. And so that's powerful to me. And it, it resonates with me and it resonates with other people. And I hope to see you continue. Well, let me tell you something. We're going to be following you, Miss Tesla Figueroa, because, girl, I'll tell you, your passion, your that aggressiveness, I'm telling you, and I hate when people affiliate black strong women, especially with being the angry black woman, because they're they are informed, they are tired of the BS, they are ready to make some changes. To whereas, if you ain't ready to get on board with these strong black women, you better get the hell out of the way because they will steamroll you over. The black women will steamroll you over, right? Women, period. Women are truly the breakout, including the women over in Iran. These young girls that are standing up for themselves. Everybody is taking heed to the power of the woman. And the ones that are not are going to be lost by the wayside. Why the hell you think I want to be a strong black woman, girl? <laughs> and we love too. Like people get it twisted. Like I'm sweet as candy, but don't cross me though. I also was an M60 gun in the military. 23 pound weapon. Don't get it oh, twisted. That's a thug above your head. She look all nice. Yeah. That hoe is a thug, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. So we bring balance, but that's just the black experience, period. We have to bring balance. We we can't just be one way all the time. Some people call it cold switching. I'm not switching. This is who I am. I just have balance. You know, that that's it. And I and I'm passionate about what I believe in. And if you do call me angry, I can give you all the reasons I'm angry. And I want to know why you ain't angry about some of the things that I, that I'm bothered about. But I don't see it as angry. I just see it as being like somebody, grandma, or auntie, that give a damn about what's happening Amen. to my community. That's it. Amen. You're you're a change agent. That's what that's what you are. And I really have to appreciate. I have to say thank you for doing what you're doing. You're creating your own lanes, your own avenues for people to follow you. Everybody can't do that. Everybody's not built to do that. So you are truly a change agent. So. I'm so grateful that we had this conversation today um, because everybody needs different perspectives. That's the whole purpose of laugh and learn is that, you know, we laugh about things, but ultimately we're learning. So you brought different perspectives for our listeners today. And I know that they're going to take so much away from this episode. So, so thank you for all that you do. Thank you. And where can you do follow you? Tell, tell us where we can follow you. 
uh, Teslin Figaro, spelled T-E-Z-L-Y-N-F-I-G-A-R-O. It's the same way, same name everywhere. I don't change. I will be the same. I always say at the end of my show, use it, lose it, can't make it, choose it. I mean that. I'm like the FedEx driver. It ain't really me creating no lane. I'm just driving in my own space. I'm going to drop this package off. You either pick it up, you pick it up, you don't, you don't. If you don't like it, your neighbor would. I'm not going to beg you to pick it up. I'm not going to ask you to sign for it. I gave you this gift. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. We cannot be distracted behind trying to get people to get something that they don't want to get. We are in destiny moving time. Who's with us is with us and who ain't is ain't. It's time to draw the the land, uh, the the line in the sand. Dopeness. And you can follow Lauren Hogan at Lauren Armani H Instagram and Lauren Hogan on Facebook and on YouTube. And don't follow me nowhere because let me tell you where I'm going. I'm going to... (laughs) (laughs) No, where am I at, Lauren? (laughs) At Monroe Flame on Instagram, uh, Marcus Flame Monroe Parker on Facebook, Flame Monroe on YouTube, and don't follow Flame's Twitter because it's full of porn. Well, it be so. full of- well, I love porn, honey. Yeah, what? Hey, can we say that before we get out of here? I'm just loving these. I'm just loving how they just putting these dick pics out here. I think it should be more. I'm, I've really been excited and inspired about how these artists been dropping. I've been keeping them like in in order on who who's leading the pack. <laughs> well, some of them, I think y'all don't need to show that to nobody. Not even the woman you're going to sleep with because it's... Right. <laughs> baby, it's a waste of time. Good God. Well, some of them, honey, like Big Sean, honey. We can talk about that another it's day. all like I just Jesse Williams it. coming out some some take me out to the ball game. He brought... He really wasn't all that. He wasn't better than Big Sean. Well, Big Sean well, leading Jesse the pack. Jesse Williams, them eyes. And Jesse Williams' place said take me out to the ball game and he brought his own back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa, you have been such a remarkable guest. Thank you for coming on to Laugh and Learn with us. We owe you a visit, and we owe this tour. You and Tamika and Lauren, y'all need to put this together, because I'm the type of artist, I don't do anything behind the scenes. You don't do nothing but show up. You just terrible behind the scenes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least you know, at least you know, at least you know, and I I appreciate that. (laughs) For showing up and being lovely and giving it to y'all, but all the technical, girl, don't ask me to do. I don't even know how to push the on switch. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Oh my god! No, I look forward to it. I think that'd be great, and I, I, it's necessary. Seriously, like real talk. Even, even if we do it once or twice, you know, 2023 is it. You cannot go into 2024 and sit up here and talk about. Well, look at what they're doing because uh, the slaughter is coming. So either we're going to be a part of yeah. it or not. Yeah. I agree. With that. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And oh, I hate that people don't see that we are so doomed either way. If they lose the Senate and the House, they're going to war. If they win, they're going to be more emboldened and brash than they've ever been. And they already out of control. So, yeah, we still got to show up and clown at these polls. Early voting is uh, we pushing that. We've been pushing that on Laugh and Learn. It's mail it in. If you, you know, I know they're doing voter intimidation in certain places, and a lot of people want to show up because a lot of people want to get into this altercation. I don't want the altercation because I don't know that we're, as a black people, I don't even know if we're prepared. These people have arsenals that they've been collecting for 30, 40 years. Right, we got two right. or three guns, and we ban labels and not ammo. And I'm sorry to say that, baby, your Gucci and your red bottom is going to be shot up. No, you're right about that. I believe in the two A, and again, why I want a lot of the brothers from the hood to get in the movement because they the ones that's gonna come. Like we, if we can get them to put their guns down, stop turning at each other, and come help us fight some of this white supremacy, we getting somewhere. Because these other, they're just not gonna do it. That's why we need different people in the movement. And I and and I appreciate people that are pushing voting. Me, I know that I'm speaking to a demographic that's not gonna vote at all. So I try to challenge them to say, if you're not voting in, then who running in next year? 
Who's running 2024? Because you have to do one or the other. You're either not going to vote and because you don't like the candidates. You say they trash. Okay, cool. Then who are we going to run if nothing else for precinct precinct chair? Dog catch or something. Let's get some of this power and start taking control. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you. So, uh, girl, this episode should be called We Are They. Because you said, who is they? We are they. We are they. Yep. Yep, yeah, that's it. My thing I always say, it's all about we, but it starts with me. I train that in my training flame because people think it's going to be this big, you know, when you run for office, they think it's going to be because they train and all the training, they tell you, oh, you're going to have a treasurer, a campaign manager, or this, or this, or that. And that's not the reality. It's really just going to be you. You, If you're lucky, if you got one person, yeah. but really you're going to be the one doing it all. And, it, and, and when they get in it and they see that it's just them, they think, well, maybe nobody likes my message and they get discouraged and they stop. So I, that's the first session that I do to teach people. You're going to be by yourself. You need to be comfortable standing by yourself. And that's a very hard com- conversation, you know, for people to have. You must understand that. And they'd say, well, I, I don't want that. Okay, cool. You have to understand that. So that that is the, the ending message. You are absolutely right. We are they. You are a fantastic lady. And I'm telling you, I'm going to listen you. to you because I'm going to get, when I need to get charged up and inspired, I'm going to come listen to you. I'm going to go run and just punch somebody. Ooh, it was just hey. <laughs> Probably <laughs> one of my kids. <laughs> hey, if I can put some fire in flame and road, literally your name is flame. If I can put it, then I'm doing my job because that's what I try to do. I try to just. Cause I'm preaching to myself too. I ain't just talking to you. I got to motivate my damn self every day. Cause this ain't a day to go by. That I say, man, fuck this shit. I don't know why <laughs> we, we hard to deal yeah. with. I'm t- we something yeah. else. So I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to myself. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Tesla Figaro. You ladies and Please Thank follow Tesla Figueroa on all social media platforms. She's also a part of the iHeart Black Effect Network family, like myself and like Miss Lauren. We are. Thank you, Charlemagne. Thank you. Look, thank you, Will P. Thank you, Connell. Those are the big checks. Thank you, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, we had a great time. This was a great conversation and so much needed. And girl, I'm telling you, you already, where you at? Where you located? What state? I go between LA and Houston. Okay, girl. Let's, let's, let's get this mm-hmm. town hall together. Tamika Malley is a soldier, a warrior general. You are a soldier, warrior general. That thing there is damn, damn sure a general because she put all the paperwork together. And you know, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the trans woman king. They ain't going to get past me. I'm I'm Zogi. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. No, that'd be great. I, I hope we really yes. follow up. And make Thank you for happen. joining us yeah, on yeah. Laugh and Learn, Tess, and we appreciate you so much. Thank Lauren, you, what's our motto? Here at Laugh and Learn, we are never trying to get anybody to change your mind. We're simply trying to get you to use your mind. because My mind is a terrible thing to waste. And some of y'all is wasting my time talking over and over and over again. So find yourself, find your mind, find your life, find yourself, and enjoy it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This this is he, she, we. (laughs) Thank you, Teslin. Bye, you. Don't miss an episode of Laugh and Learn. Listen and subscribe on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Laugh and Learn Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Our executive producer is Tiffany Haddish. Our theme music is by the one and only Chrissy Payne. Thank you, guys. This is Flame Monroe. <laughs> Don't forget to laugh, listen, and learn. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, 
and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clint. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Even though Tariq St. Patrick was betrayed and almost taken out last season, He's not totally on his own in the final season of Power Book 2, Ghost. For better or for worse, his partner in the drug game, Braden Weston, is his ride or die, and it's them against the world. But when Braden goes all in on this life, Tariq has to wonder, is there really room for both of them at the top? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.